Web 2 gave us the ability to create content on the web, right? That's what it did. Right, right. Uh, web 3 is going to give us the ability to, to monetize that in new and interesting ways that are hopefully more beneficial to society. And so Amplify, I see as a project, like a kind of a melting pot for bringing out new ways to bridge between Web 2 and Web 3. And essentially the first way that we do that is just by actually giving attribution for on-chain actions to off-chain events. And those off-chain events are online events, right? Mission DeFi with Brad Nickel, where we explore projects in decentralized finance that are innovating and driving our mission of financial freedom forward. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, and review Mission DeFi and spread the word by posting a tweet to the show. All opinions expressed by Brad Nickel or his guests are their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Black Knox, Material Indicators, or any other affiliated organizations. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Brad Nickel or his guests as an inducement to make a particular investment, follow a particular strategy, or become involved with any project. A project being featured on the show is not an endorsement of that project in any way. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Now, here's Mission DeFi with Brad Nickel. I am excited today to have an old friend and we've done some work together, Dunks from Amplify. And I'm excited because number one, it's cool to kind of meet virtually in person, but number two, rather than just all discord. And then number two, I actually think that Amplify is a desperately needed type of product in the space. So I'm very excited to hear what the path is for it. So Dunks, welcome to the show before we get into Amplify. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, what your background is, how you ended up in, in crypto, and then why and how you created Amplify, and then we'll get into what it does and what its benefits are. First of all, thank, thanks a lot for having me, Brad. I'm a big fan of yours as well, and I'm a big fan of the show. And I guess, yeah, big, a big fan of, of people, creating, people creating content around DeFi Web 3, which is essentially a big piece of what Amplify is for. Right. So like it's a way to reward content creators and people in the space. I see content creators as anyone on the internet these days as a content creator. Like we I mean, web two gave us the ability to create content on the web, right? That's what it did. Right. Right. Uh, web three is going to give us the ability to to monetize that in new and interesting ways that are hopefully more beneficial to society and so amplify i sort of see as a project like a kind of a melting pot for you know bringing out new ways to bridge between web 2 and web 3 and essentially the first way that we do that is just by actually giving attribution for on-chain actions to off-chain events and those off-chain events are online events right like we're not talking about like the weather or something like that we're talking about events that happen in the protocols app and their front end and events that happen on social media 
so we have a kind of an overview of Amplify. Tell us real quickly about yourself, where you're from, how, why, you know, why you ended up in DeFi and crypto yep. and creating content and being part of con creating content and then how this came about. Yes. Yeah, so me personally, I was, I've been working online for 20 years now, I guess. Time, the last few years have just gone so fast that sometimes I lose track of time, but I know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been, like, yeah, I've been, uh, I started out in SEO. I started, oh, nice. Um, but previous to that, I was kind of a, I was actually a telemarketer for a long time. Wow. So, that's a brutal job, dude. Oh, yeah. I did is, that for like three months in my 20s yeah. and I was like, I'm out of here. This shit is <laughs> painful. So my actual like origin, my origin story, it's not my origin <laughs> story, but my, if you want to go really right back into, into, sure. my, I mean, maybe we can, it might be interesting, maybe for some people, yeah. like it might not be as well. Right. I grew up in New Zealand. I was 15 years old. I was a surfer. I wanted to go surfing. So I said uh -huh. to my mom, I'm going to Australia. I'm going to, I was making, I was working, I left school when I was quite young. I was making furniture with a friend. He said to me. What do you want to do when you leave school? I said, I want to go surfing. He said, well, if you come work with me, we'll go surfing every time there's waves. Like, and I said, okay, cool. So then first year back of school and the first assembly, like where all the kids are there, like I, uh, there was a new principal, the new principal got up and started saying something. And then I said something, which I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> and they said, yeah, like get out. And then the principal came and talked to me and said, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I don't even know. Like. I just didn't go back, left to it, went to Australia. Wow. I I you just walked out of school after that? Yeah. And wow. I was in Australia for not even two months. I got a, a really bad infection in my hip. I was in hospital for six weeks or wow. more. Uh, the, like basically the doctor who found out what happened, he basically, as soon as he realized what happened, he operated on me straight away, I guess even saved my life. Wow. And then I, after I got out of hospital, I thought everything was going to be fine. Like I thought it'd be back to normal, but I was, I was on crutches for like years. I had so much, oh my God, Infe the infection got so bad that it ate up the cartilage in my hip joint. So I've got a hip replacement now, but when I say all of that to say, that's why I started telemarketing, right? Like I was just like surfer and I was like doing physically like doing stuff, but I couldn't do that. So I just had to take a job selling. They. In Australia, you know, like that a lot of people have investment properties. And so I was selling or setting up appointments for financial advisors to, there's a lot of people have investment properties and for tax purposes and stuff. But yeah, so that was my first foray into telemarketing. And I did it for you know, quite a few years on and off, had my own business doing it. And wait, uh, let's back, wait, wait, I want to back up real quickly because that's some pretty, that's, I mean, that's like a pretty monumental start off to your life. Well, you're your life on your own, right? Yeah. You, you leave your family behind in New Zealand. You go to Australia. You imagine you're going to be a surfer and <laughs> do whatever surfers yeah. do to make money so they can surf every day, right? Yep. Whatever it takes. That's yep. kind of the envision I see. <clears throat> and then two months in, you get a hip infection that completely takes you out of surfing. Yeah. For the most so part, I assume. Yeah. So actually, the, when I found out that I, it wasn't just going to be a temporary thing, I went to this doctor and he, I sat down, like I'm a kid, 
right? Like I'm a kid in a foreign country. I'm sitting down with this doctor, like an old man. It must've been a pretty good doctor. It was the same guy that did the operation. Anyway, he said like, yeah, you're not going to walk again. You're not going to, you're not going to be going back surfing. You're going to not be able to walk properly. He said, you're going to need to have another operation where we'll join your, the bottom of your hip, the ball to the top, the socket, and it'll be straight. And I said, and I was like, holy shit, what? Wow. But basically, I just remember walking out of that room. I went into an elevator and just started crying. I'm sure, man. That's and devastating. Like, and it, it was actually pretty devastating. Like, you know, that's life sometimes, right? And like, wow. Yeah. We're wow. talking like, well, I'm 40 years old now. So we're talking like 25 years ago, you know. Must have been really hard to get up and go. I mean, right? I mean, so at that age, it's kind of brutal. But so I guess you said, well, okay, got to eat, yep. right? And let, let yep. me go find a job. And got to have fun as well, right? Like still got to live and have fun because I was young, yeah. right? And I was like, right. Oh. So, you know, we ended up with a lot of friends, you know, a lot of friends came over from my school over the years and lived in Sydney for a long time, ended up living in Melbourne, which is where I am now. I've done a bit of traveling and you know, a few things in between now and then, right? It's like a long time. Right. And it was in Melbourne where I first heard the word Bitcoin. So I bought Bitcoin about nine months before Occupy Wall Street. Oh, wow. But it was just like one or two Bitcoins. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know sure. how I even heard about it or even bought it. I don't even know what website <laughs> I bought it from. I can't even remember, like... Because I completely forgot about it, right? Like I didn't. And then at the time of Occupy Wall Street, I was, everyone in the world was watching on the TV, right? You know, on, not on the TV, actually, on the internet. Like, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it was, and it, it was a really, I don't know about you. Like, I mean, that was a wild time, right? Like, yeah, it was powerful. It was powerful. There was something going on. It was, and I thought that like, when I saw this, that the Bitcoin price, I remember like the price of Bitcoin went from a hundred dollars to a thousand dollars. And I was like, I mean, like I said, I only had a couple of Bitcoin, but even that back still, then was like a little yeah. bit of money. Like it's yeah. been a long time That'll ago. Get I, was still, I was an adult still. It wasn't a massive amount of money to me, but it was crazy to see that happen. And I was thinking. Because I kind of, when I first heard about Bitcoin, I did some research into it and I, enough to understand the core kind of concepts of it, you know, like the Byzantine generals problem and these kinds of things, right? Like I kind of understood enough about it and I understood enough about the world to kind of know that there was something powerful here, a potential, but I was also massively optimistic and idealistic and so i thought that the world was like literally about to change like sure and it felt like know? it and right? it didn't and it didn't no it didn't right? it did not change at all like it's bitcoin crazy. is still i thought that bitcoin would decouple from everything would be its own and it didn't like it still hasn't it's in lockstep with the financial system right so that that's interesting to me that you know and like I guess that's maybe the difference between maybe, you know, you know, being 26, I think around that time I was something like 26 to being 40, 
that I'm sure that everything that I think now and think is accurate now, I'll probably think is utter bullshit by the time I'm, you know, your age, right? Like, sure. Exactly. <laughs> so, so you have this really, I mean, quite the mixed background because you went for telemarketing where it, you look in telemarketing, not only are you learning persuasion and, you know, promotion and how to talk to people, how to interact with people, how to get people's trust and attention. But then you moved into SEO, which mm. is really interesting to me because that gives you expertise, not only in kind of the technical infrastructure needed to make web pages optimized for the algorithms and then keep up with that, right? That's not an easy task. It wasn't an easy task. I gave up on uh, trying to it's optimize very on it. Difficult. It's very difficult work. Then, but yeah, uh, actually to get results, like it's easy to understand the concepts and everything like that, but very few people are able to actually get results in that space. No. And it, it takes a determined psyche to, to stick with it, but it also is very content heavy, right? And it became more dependent on content and less dependent sure. on tech, tricks or machinations over time. Right. And well, so I mean, the thing that go got ahead. me really, the thing that really you know, there's been a lot of trends in SEO, like over the, you know, the last 15 years, right? Like sure. the thing that really stuck out to me was around the time that Google was launching their Google plus. If you remember Google plus, I think it's kind of I do. now, but yeah, they had this concept of authorship, right? And they sort of, they wanted to sort of know who's creating the content, right? Like who, right. who's actually behind this and they, you know, they had this special marker special HTML markup for authors. And they had this, they had this idea of, you know, the original idea of like Google was like the page rank algorithm, you know, and sort of authority of websites, how to link past authority through the web, because obviously the web was like just the, the web was literally just a hypertext protocol, right? Those hypertext links are the foundational thing that makes the web, the web. And the, you just everywhere. You have the blue links, right? Back in the day, right? right? Like, right. You know, I mean, we still do now, obviously that nothing's really changed in that department really, but a link is a link, a website is a website, but a person is a person. So Google wanted to kind of, they wanted to continue like, like modifying the algorithm. And that's a natural progression to try to understand who are the content creators and stuff. So like, sure. This idea I was working with, by that time I was working with clients and I used to work with a lot of small businesses. So like what we were kind of trying to do at that time was to try to bring business owners who have like a subject expertise, expertise right? Get them on the camera, get them writing, get them creating content. Like I'm talking about like WordPress. Sure. Days like this is kind of the foundation of where I came into the internet was like, you know, everyone, you know, you, everyone could have a blog. Everyone could create content. We we're coming into that time. Right. And I was trying to get business owners to kind of bring out interesting ways to, to create content. And that, this was like, you know, we're talking like 10, 10 years ago, like maybe this idea. Yeah, that was but, early. That was, was really yeah. big. I mean, it was a cutting edge. Like I used to hang out on the SEO Moz. Oh yeah. Forum and things like that. And I mean, it was a real, SEO is a real community and a lot of thought leaders in that space. And I mean, that that's kind of the thing, right? Like thought leadership. I don't know if I like that term per se. I mean, 
Yeah, it works. Yeah, look, it at works. the end of the day, it it's about expressing expertise in a given topic or yeah. and being able to either help people do it or being really good at doing it for yourself. Yeah. Right. And ultimately, that piece about the authorship and stuff sort of fits in with this piece about content marketing. And what I liked about that was that, you know, it was actually useful. You know, like you were creating something, you were creating something useful that, because previous to that, what we really had was ads, right? Like there right. was ads and ads AdWords. are, they're not super useful, right? Ads are a little right. bit useful, but they suck <laughs> and they're not as good as content. Well, like obviously the content's still a little bit of a trap to, to get you to buy, you know, to get you to buy a product, but right. That's kind of the nature of things, right? Like that's kind of how things work, right? Like even nature itself creates these kind of traps, right? Like, that's right. And, and the trap has to be, it has to be attractive. It has to be useful. It has to have a purpose. It has to fit in with someone else's purpose. So, I mean, I guess that's why we have capitalism and stuff like that, because it, it's actually a natural progression of, yeah. So, but that gave you and, a lot of skills that I think are eminently useful here, which is kind of what I was getting at too, was is in light of what Amplify is and what you've been up to, those skills learned in SEO and telemarketing are so directly applicable to what you're trying to accomplish with Amplify, right? Which is you want to provide tools to help reward what we've all become, which you reflected on earlier, which is we've all become content creators, right? All of that. And so the idea is whether you're whether you have 20 followers or you have 20,000 or 200,000 followers, there is potential value that is in what you create. And so Amplify in the DeFi and NFT space will allow people to actually earn from the content that they create. Does that make sense? Absolutely. From the content that they create. But in this first iteration, because you can simply go to Amplify, grab a link, you could just share some other content that someone else created along with the sure, link. Sure, sure. And just Absolutely. essentially share to your network, your right. audience or your mum or your, you know, like, sure. mum, go buy this Ponzi. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, like not a Ponzi, right? We don't want to share. Yeah, I know it's like, go buy, the, go buy this coin, right? Like it's a, yeah. you know, a yield bearing coin or maybe it's an NFT. It's interesting. Maybe it's a, like a, just art, right? Like grandma, check out this art. Yeah, You know, maybe I'm going to, you know, like prob probably not grandma, like maybe leave grandma out of it. Like, but, <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. But, um, we need a grandma targeted NFT collection. That would be interesting. That would be, yeah. Something really tasteful. Something yeah. Really, yeah. So Amplify uh, is a referral system for DeFi for Web3, right? Yep. Referral How did Juliet? Yep. Affiliate and referral. Right. Yeah. Why did you come up with this? So, because ulti ultimately, like, like I said, like bridging that gap between web two and web three, like the whole stack of analytics, the whole stack of advertising, the whole trend up till now of the web has led us to basically advertising. There's biggest companies in the world are advertisers that get money from your content, right? There is a huge difference, obviously, between affiliate marketing and advertising, right? But ultimately, if an ad or an affiliate deal has an event that happens at the end of it, which is a monetary event, like think of like an, someone buying a 
pair of shoes in an e-commerce store, right? Or someone buying a book on Amazon or any financial event, ultimately you can have a funnel that starts with some form of marketing and ends in a purchase. And there's a calculation there for a business, right? Like how much am I selling this thing for? What do I make when this thing happens? What does it cost me to get that to happen? How can I scale that up? This is the core shit of marketing. Everything. This is everything we're talking about. Everything we buy is that way. Every company thinks like that. Everyone thinks like that. That's the basis of business, especially on the web. There is a cost to getting the customer. And whether it's placing an ad, whether it's having a support person that made another customer happy that did a word of mouth, that whether it's a salesperson, somebody's getting paid to get that customer to the company. And there's a whole chain of things that have to happen for that to happen. But the ultimate outcome is that there's a financial transaction that happens. Now, we're in Web3, so we do stuff on the blockchain, right? Right. How do you tie all of these things that are happening? Nothing that we've talked about now is happening on a blockchain. Right. right? None of it. Nothing. Blockchains don't do that. And they can't do that. Right. Right. The only advertising you can do on a blockchain is doing what you do and having other people see that and copy you. That's right. Right. That's the only way that a blockchain can do advertising. Right. What a blockchain can do is it can expose that event to the world and then anyone can go and do that thing. Right. Right. But the attribution is the key thing that ties this together because if I have a smart contract right and I want people to use it right because I make money when they use it right and so but I don't know anything about the users other than the address that's right that that is using it and any other details related to that address but none of those details have anything to do like a blockchain is a black box right Right. Like there's no connection between a blockchain and the, and the real world. There's only one way to get information into it, into the chain, right? Like the chain, you know, we have oracles, right? Like, so what space that we're playing in is about, it's how to tie the entire financial system and the entire stack of marketing. The main drive and direction of it has been financial, right? Like, and that movement is going on chain. Right, the blockchains are going to be there, and there's going to be transactions happening on them. There has to be a way to connect the events that are happening off-chain on the web to, or even in real life, right? To that that on-chain event. And so, what Amplify is doing in the big picture is creating those links, creating that, making it part, making the attribution. Pot, making the attribution pot, possible, making the attribution possible. It's not really even making the attribution possible. It's actually making it easy and beautiful and simple and building it, building out the user interface and stuff like that to actually, you know, like we've set, you know, referral programs, right? Like PayPal, you know, get ten dollars. We'll give you ten dollars for every year you refer, right? Like, right. It, the experience of it was good enough that it actually eventually worked. And, you know, boom, PayPal. Right. 
right? Like Let's... we're talking Dropbox, like something like Dropbox, you know, like something from, you know, a, a viral mechanism that ha- can scale unlimitedly to create something huge, right? right? And so like what ultimately what we want to do at Amplify is we want to, we want to actually create some of those viral mechanisms and have those things work. Right. And that's, that, that's the goal. And so we'll build custom referral programs, custom viral experiences, custom, yeah, those things that I want affiliate programs. And then what we'll do is we'll put them on this platform where you can go and discover, you can go and discover these, these protocols, these web three projects, you can discover them, you can learn about them in general, but then you can zero in on what this program and what this mechanism is, and then how you can earn from it. Right. Right. Let's, so how can I, yeah, how can I earn some of this project's token plus the AGG token, which is the Amplify token. And essentially you, so you'll just like, we'll create these programs. We'll curate them so that it's not trash. Right. Like we want to be a web three click bank, but with that click bank is full of trash. Exactly. We don't want to be full of trash. Right. We want to be the web three click bank, but not like viagra and you know ebooks about you know how to and five million different nutritional supplements because well there's a whole new suite of products out there that are changing the world that's right right there's a whole new suite of products out there that are that have already changed the world but no one knows about it yet yeah right so like there's a huge amount of talent money being poured into building these incredible products that are about to change the world and we don't have, we haven't been able to figure out a way to plug in the infrastructure of analytics, attribution, the whole marketing stack, you know, all the software as a service products that are out there for web two businesses, we can't plug those into the on-chain right? because there's no connection. And so our job, Amplify DAO, will be a huge group of people who think about this stuff and then actually implement it. In ways that actually make sense for Web3. So we will be creating the new viral marketing mechanisms. We don't even, some of them, we don't know what they will be yet because Web3 changes everything. Sure. Let's do this real quick. I want to make sure people that are listening understand kind of the core past and why it was so important and why there's a gap. So for everyone that doesn't, that hasn't been in marketing or hasn't really tried to sell something online, Right. right? Whether it's advertising or affiliate programs or one-to-one personal referral programs, there are sophisticated pieces of software that exist that have been developed for 20 years plus that allow for a marketer to very easily track to a granular level who sent them a customer or who sent them a visitor who either became a customer or didn't, how they came about, what type of person they were, levels of data tracking on the person that visited as well as the person or company sending it to them that gives you all kinds of amazing insights into that person. And tracking someone who visits your site from a referral or an affiliate or an ad is now incredibly sophisticated and very easy to do and understanding how much they're worth. Right. And then there's all kinds of sophisticated capabilities to tie in demographics, understand them geographically, understand their age, understand their income levels, whatever it is. And you could tie it into their credit card behaviors, everything else. But in Web3, we can't. And the reason we can't in Web3 is that person may click a link 
of someone who wants to send them there, but the attribution stops at the wallet because when I connect my wallet to your DeFi app, I have no mechanism of tracking from that referral link into the app, right? Or into the DAP yeah. or into the NFT project or the purchase or whatever it is. Yeah. This is what Amplify solves. Amplify's yeah. goal is to start bringing those levels of capabilities and sophistication that exist in web two to help people get better at onboarding the right people into their project and reward the people that help them bring those people to them. Is that correct? That's absolutely totally correct. There's another interesting piece to this, which is that a lot of people don't want anything to do with that, right? The reason why this isn't a huge topic in this space is because people don't actually want to install cookies on their apps. They don't right. Google have a, they don't want to put Google Analytics on their apps. They don't want Google Tag Manager on their apps, right? They don't sure. want that. And why don't they want it? Because users don't want it. Right. You, users Especially in this space. Yeah, yeah, because we don't really like Google and Facebook, <laughs> right? Like that's right. why we're here. Right. So well, how like do you we, make, how do you make Amplify different? Right. Well, that's the thing. Like, that's the thing. Like when we first built the first version of that, the attribution, we actually literally just used Google Tag Manager. We just installed a, like a one line of JavaScript. Like we're not talking about rocket science here. Like this is not about, it's not a massive technical innovation, right? It's a single line of JavaScript that is all you need to do this attribution, right? Like it's not complicated right what we quickly realized is that we're not going to be using google tag manager because people don't want that on their website so we can't right we have to have a script on the website there has to be a there has to be that line of javascript right like there's lots of different ways we can get it there but it doesn't but the right way to do it is and also with things like brave brave will just block it anyway so what do we do how are we thinking about privacy, right? How are we thinking about what we're doing is we're not doing any cookies or anything like that. We do have a, an idea for ZK cookies. Like, wow. uh, yeah, yeah, but that's not in this road. That's not in this like six months, 12 months roadmap, just simply because that's, we're looking for funding, but we're looking to raise like a million dollars, not $30 million. Right. Which, right. Right. But DK cookies, the idea of it is like, that's, we're talking about serious, like team of like senior engineers would be like working on that to produce something. Right. So that's not where we're going in the short term, but right. it is the space that we're playing in. And depending on how things work out like that, we could get like serious about sort of tackling that issue, but we don't need the cookies to do the affiliate piece or the referral piece. So, so how does it work in terms of it, if somebody comes to Amplify and says they want to work with you to set up a program for referrals and affiliates, do they implement Amplify into their DAP? And how do you overcome this break between website visit and entering into a DAP, connecting a wallet? Okay, so there's actually multiple ways to approach it depending on the situation and also depending on the level of trustlessness that you want at various stages of the cycle, because it's kind of a whole circuit, right? Like we're talking about like a funnel and that funnel ultimately ends up with payouts happening to affiliates. Well, 
you can call them content creators or affiliates. They're the people that are sharing right. these links, right? Right. The basic, the fundamental piece is like Amplify SDK, which is just a, a software development kit for developers that they can just plug into their app, which will take uh, parameters in the URL, a right. link, right? So that link takes you to a, an address. Marketer in marketing, we've been using these UTM parameters for, you know, forever now content utm source utm campaign they're used in google ads to or and in any form of marketing that you want to track is essentially tracked using these parameters and that's where you get your attribution now, this came from twitter this link was on twitter and it was this actual tweet and this is the person who tweeted it and that all gets passed along in a string in the url so it's actually quite simple. So then there's JavaScript written that pulls the parameters out of that string and then can do stuff with it, right? Okay, so the, once you know, okay, this someone's come from here, then you can say, okay, this person's come from here. Let's do this next. And so that, that development kit is just simple, simple code that pulls that stuff out and then Based on how the campaign works, we can do things like modify the transaction that the user will send based on how the user got to the website, for example. So if, if, like if there's a fee involved with that transaction, then uh, that fee, a piece of that fee, a little commission can be sent to either the Amplify Down Multisig or an Amplify contract or directly to the, to directly to the affiliate split it out so you know maybe the, in our system the affiliate earns between 70 80 90 percent of okay. of whatever we earn and then the rest goes to amplify which then actually goes back to the affiliates and uh, via staking so that's not on the contract level yet we're just now talking about how the transaction can be formulated that is we're going to send to the blockchain based on the information about where this user came from who was who referred right Right, uh, And so that by its very nature can never be 100% trustless. You're always trusting a protocol to run that code. Sure. In there. But at the same time, you can monitor that down to the second. Does this script exist on this app? Is the code exactly as it, because it's open source code, right? So is, right. is the code, this JavaScript that does this thing, is that running on the app at every second? So you can monitor that, right? Very easily. So you can modify the transactions based on the parameters in the URL, but then how do you, how do you handle the payout part of it? Right? Like right. the pay, payment side of it. So once you have that attribution for the off-chain events, if, as long as you know the address of the affiliate that's, that caused the person to arrive at that website, which is approved by the url pr parameters right then you can you also know the address of the user who did the transaction right so if a transaction happened you can infer that transaction happened because of that uh, affiliate and then you can also make some questions about that because you know is this the first time that this user interacted with the protocol so you can set some rules about that and but then you can actually because you've got that attribution in place then you can go look on the chain and that's how you can make that link right. until you go to the contract level you can't 
complete the cycle in a trustless way. So there's a few different ways that we can work at the contract level with protocols to really complete that cycle with different levels of trustlessness. Right. And so yeah, again, like this is a, it's a Amplify DAO is sort of our business is experimentation of exactly what are the best ways to implement that. Right. So it's not like, we're not saying like, okay, we've built that. It's all done. Here it is. Yeah. Here it is. This is the definitive way that you do, you know, attribution for off-chain events on chain, because that, that, that's just not how, I, in my opinion, there will never be a single way to do that. Uh, you know, the ZK cookies piece, someone might win in that space, but that's a slightly different question as well. We sort of have a little bit of the cookies just by we're able to send. So a user doesn't actually have to do a transaction in the client's app for us to get that attribution. Okay. Because we send the user's address along with the referrer address, as long as the wallet gets connected. Right. right. So if the user connects the wallet, boom, we got that. We know now we know this affiliate has sent this user who owns this address to this app. So far, they haven't made a transaction, but the, the wallet's been connected. That's so that's sort of, you can call that a, you can call that a kind of cookie. Right. And it doesn't require, you don't have all the issues with how long till the cookie expires. Did the user clear their browser, blah, 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 because the wallet that they've connected with, if they use that for the transaction, it's tied to the affiliate because the affiliate has gotten credit for that wallet address being sent and registering with the DAP. Yep. Excellent. So, yeah. And it's really a design space with how to design these flows. And then, I mean, there's some very interesting things around, you know, around, around this. We've been chatting with some protocols, for example. I mean, we're working with GMX. We're about to launch a, an, a, an affiliate program that builds on top of what GMX is doing. So that's one way that we can sort of, we can build on top of existing referral programs that are in the space. Right. Right. Which is fantastic, actually, because the best way to implement a referral program or an affiliate program is actually for the protocol itself to implement it at the contract level. Right. right. So that's because it makes the most sense to do that. So we will help protocols implement that. And then we will be the front end for that to really aggregate all of those programs and bring in the audience, bring, explain to people how it works, make it beautiful, make it an easy experience for them, give them all the information that they need to go and share it with their audience. So that's sort of one piece. The other piece is that we'll, we're, so for new protocols and protocols that don't, protocols that have already built their contracts and stuff like that, but they haven't built in a, a, a referral program, an affiliate program, we have like a suite of different solutions and options for the technical implementation of it that doesn't necessarily involve them having to go through another whole audit or, right, you know, because they have to edit their contracts. Right. But there's a, there's like a range of things that we can just plug in with like zero changes to their protocol and we can use there's sort of two sources of revenue. One is, one is revenue that a protocol generates. And then you have the whole governance token piece, which is like obviously huge in DeFi, right? Like this is kind of, you've got these there's protocols that are generating revenue, but they're, they're, they're every, most protocols have some form of governance token that incentivizes 
these actions and that governance token is really where the, it doesn't have to be called a governance token. You can call it a reward token. You can call it, I think this idea of that token, there's a lot of ways that it can be sort of formulated into a referral or affiliate system in interesting ways. And that's really the design space for us at the moment, looking at the existing protocols, but in the future, also looking at working with web to, you know, with companies and things like that, that want to start, you know, like we've seen Starbucks starting to put their like rewards program on chain. I mean, these guys are the, the kings of, of the reward token, right? Like they, they kind right. of invented it, right? With the Starbucks exactly. like, card. So like companies understand that this is important and they need to figure out ways to do it. That's authentic, you know, that are good for the user because like you can't trade a Starbucks card, right? Like now you can, you know, so like creating that, like we, we want to be like the leaders in the space of how, of, of, of staying on the pulse and even creating the pulse for how to do this kind of thing. Right. Like how to actually implement it, you know, what's the most like decentralized way to do it? What's the most, you know, fair way to do it? Like what's the most viral way to do it? Right. Like, right. Yeah. Uh, so, so you guys have built some capabilities for integrating and doing this and tracking it. And you're already starting to ramp up with some partners to start building it, to start launching for people. And I'm assuming that part of the plan here is that you'll be able to build up not only a network of protocols that are using it, but also a network of content producers yep. and people in the space that want to earn money from referring yep. people to strong products, right? It could be people that do videos. It could be people like me that do a show. It could be just be somebody who has a few followers online, whatever. Yep. Yep. But even just you want to build up this network. Even just a small group. It could just be yeah. someone who has a small group of friends that, you know, they, you know, they chat with each other and they share alpha. And right, there's, like a, there's a zillion of those on Telegram and Discord. It's everyone. Yeah. It's everyone. And um, not just in web, not just in web three, but everyone does that. Every, you can't be a human without having, you know, I'm probably as close as you can get to someone who does it. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I, even I've got some friends and, and people that I talk to and share, you know, and share stuff with. So, yeah. <laughs> There's definitely two pieces to this. So there's the, there's the working with the protocols, working with the tech, right. And then there's, and then there's growing that, growing the network of affiliates and growing the community, essentially the Amplify community and figuring out the reason I sort of separate referral from affiliate is because I think of a referral program as it's for existing users of a protocol to share the protocol with the because products. they use the protocol. Because right. they like the protocol, they can share it. And there's a right. incentive for them to do that as well. But it's, and then the affiliate side is actually, it's a mercenary thing, basically. You don't have to be a user of the protocol to be able to share it with your audience and right. actually financially benefit from it, basically, is what, is what it is. Yeah. Well, and here's the beauty of it. The first part, the referral part is, you know, to me, there are two primary methods of marketing in DeFi right now. And that are, those are integrations and partnerships. So biz dev, right? Mm. Sharing mm. protocols, sharing each other's customers. But then number two yep. is your community. I mean, yep. the way protocols so grow is people talking and 
whether it's content online or just people talking to each other. So the idea of being able to tap your existing community, what do they call it in, in web two, like the programs that tap into your existing employees or existing customers, it's not just referral. There's another name for it, but anyway, this idea makes total sense in this space because yeah. the most valuable thing that a project has besides its tech is its community. And if you can give that community an incentive to get yep. out there and share yep. it, that makes total sense. Even if you can just make it easy for them. Like, do you remember when Om did that thing? I think Jaws like built it. I remember when he was kind of building it, he was asking people how, you know, like his, there was a piece he was trying to figure out, like, how do we just create this image? And the image, it was like an image and it just said, so, you know, I am like, I am dunks for one, one, and I'm earning like 4,000% APY or something on, oh, I can't remember the exact like right. thing, but it was just this image that you could just easily share on like social media. It had your PFP on it. And it was like, I mean, this is like super basic stuff, right? Like right. it's not genius. It's not rocket science, but right. guess what? Guess what? It worked. Yep. Right? Like it worked. Absolutely. And yeah, I can see meme generation around these platforms yeah. as well. That's a great yeah. idea. So there's, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of little technical things in, in there as well, that when you get down to the nitty gritty of it, like, you know, for example, there's a, this is sort of almost unrelated, but there's this really cool account on Twitter called make it a quote. And what you can do is you can just put like, you can tag that account underneath something that you think is quotable. And then it will go and it will create this like SVG of your profile pack. And it will put this like black kind of background on one side of it. Like, because so then you can have the white text. Nice. It will always work because, you know, like it's hard to generate an image from anything and always have it work. You've got to do it a certain way. So. This guy is right. This plot, they can just do it on the fly and it always looks good. And it's always That's like, cool. Right. And so like technically what that guy's built is actually like pretty damn impressive. Yeah, absolutely. That That's scale, great. We can do it at that scale, like anywhere on Twitter at any time, you can just like tag this thing and it just makes this awesome like thing. So like building little things like that, little clever that is really, you know, and things like discord bots and stuff like that, like the way that you handle your discord, like is really is really important like in in sure. that piece and we've seen like you know some protocols have like growing discords from zero to you know fifty thousand hundred thousand people like really quickly just by doing things right you know having interesting little like viral kind of loops like built in that you know and obviously having an interesting product and good marketing yeah, like of course so yeah this is kind of just like what this is what we think about and then we think about that to an on-chain kpi ultimately and what that does and even going back to the you know the contributor thing like you said like your community is your best chance of reaching new people right that's right Absolutely. Yeah. Now, you mentioned that your community and you mentioned the collaborations, like we've got basically products and strategies that, that because we understand that we are building around those concepts because like, that's what's actually working. Right. But like for the contributor, for the contributor side, right. What happens is. If you want to manage your contributors in a large organization and you want to incentivize them for producing things, 
ultimately that doesn't scale unless you can tie that to an actual revenue event. Make right? Like, because otherwise you're just going to be paying money for stuff that may or may not be working. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. Like, so what we like, what we've started like to do is to, is to actually build out systems. I mean, actually, essentially Amplify is that, it, that what we've built now is that system where anyone in the community can go and create any piece of not content, any kind of tool, any kind of like, if you build a dashboard, right. That, right. That is very useful. And a lot of people go and use, all you have to do is drop an Amplify link on that dashboard and say, Hey, use my ref link to, if you want to support me and support this work that I'm doing, this building, right. this useful dashboard or whatever, you use my ref link and I will earn. And That's not only awesome. that, all of us as a community will benefit but from the new people that are, that are coming and actually using the protocol. But you know what? I won't earn unless the protocol earns. And we're all token holders of the protocol anyway. So, right. So, benefit the whole right? thing. That's perfect. Yeah. So, it's just, it's not rocket science, right? Like, it's, you just have to actually think how do we do something that's scalable that, can't where we just can't lose and the only way to not right. lose financially is to tie whatever and whatever whatever initiatives that you're doing whether that's on building contributors or anything it's tying it all back to this to this to these financial goals it doesn't have to be revenue because not all protocols are at that stage yet that's why we've got the right. governance token so it's a the goal is always re like, let's be honest, like the goal of on-chain things is revenue. It's, a, it's, of course, I mean, it's not that it's not to say that this is all just purely about making money because it's totally not, but the chain, that's what the chain's built for. The fact that you can do that on chain opens up a whole range of like social things that are not about money. Right. Right. Like we're not doing this for money. We're doing this for ourselves because we're people, right? Like we right. are doing this. So we as humans can be free and thrive, right? But like the piece that blockchain enables, the, the financial piece that blockchain enables actually to me opens up that possibility for us to all, you know, be free and thrive and be human. But right. like if you want to be realistic in a PVP kind of environment that's exposed to everyone in the world where your systems are open to everyone to come and poke at, and try and figure out a way to steal or to game or to extract value, then there isn't another way to do it other than to tie it to financial events where if this event happens, we, the protocol, we, the community benefit, you have to tie, you have to tie things to a revenue. Otherwise you just, you know, how do you know, how do you know that, you know, this piece of content or this person should get a hundred thousand governance tokens or get, we should be giving this guy $30,000 for this thing. How do you know that? You don't know that. Right. Right. The only way to know is to actually test it and say, okay, throw up a link on, throw up a link on what you're doing. And if people find value in this, right. Or if they, if they, if it's a purely marketing thing, you know, if people are going to go and actually use this thing, if you're telling people to go and use this thing. Try off a link on there and we'll know how much value to the protocol 
down to the exact dollar happen from that. Right. right. And then, and you will earn a predictable amount of whatever the token is, whatever the revenue share is and whatever the, you know, you can do governance bonus multipliers on top of it. Like we will, you will earn a, predict, a predictable amount on that based on these actual on-chain events that, and the KPIs that we define around them. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll, it's, what it's doing is it's exposing this, it's exposing the things that you most want to happen. Whatever you measure is what you get, right? Right. So if, if you know what you want, right? If you know that you want, you know, protocol users or liquidity or, you know, you want trading volume or you want NFTs to get borrowing. Yeah. It could be anything. You tie, you, you tie that, you put a monetary incentive on that and you expose it to everyone in the world. And then you let them go wild and do whatever they're going to do. And the people who, the people who drive the most revenue to that are the people that are going to get the pro rata share yep. of those incentives. It can be a, it can be a percentage based thing, purely percentage based, or it can be a, you know, you can put a million dollars worth of, you know, USDC on, on, on that thing. And just, and ultimately at the end, it's going to spit out the exact amount of revenue that you define. Right. There's no, it's deterministic actually. Right. Right. So it's actually deterministic. You will, if you define that for your protocol to earn a million dollars, you're going to pay out a hundred thousand. That the only way that you will pay out that hundred thousand is if you earn the million. Right. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. And, what, and essentially that's what affiliate marketing has been doing, right? You, you create the offer, right? You create, you create a product, you create a funnel, you give the affiliates the deal. Look, this is what the deal is. And then usually like a ClickBank or something like that handles the attribution. And then the affiliates that generate traffic, that ge not that generate traffic, but actually that generate actual revenue are the ones that get paid a set right amount. And so that the affiliates program and the referral program can essentially double as the same thing, but the user experience and the way that you implement it is different and important, right? But ultimately that financial goal, you can have the same, you can have a different financial structure and different KPI incentives for different, different groups if you want to. Right. Um, and you can do that with Amplify too, right? Like if the user of the, if the owner of this wallet is actually also a user of the protocol, give them a multiplier on their payout because nice, right? Like things like that. So or if they're that, staking that, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anything you want to do, like that's um, awesome. Try to keep it for now. We try to keep it like, you know, I'm pretty simple. simple. I don't want to, yeah, try to keep it simple because you know, the more complexity that you add, like it's just harder to implement, right? Like, but sure. also not implementing things that are too simple that actually don't work. Sometimes you need a little bit of complexity. Then when you introduce that, it becomes like, there's a whole bunch of issues with the user experience. And like, that's really where we're, what we're trying to work on is like, how do we make a UI really intuitive and stuff like that? So that people can understand how this stuff works, what the incentives are. And so that's really our challenge. Yeah. Yeah. How to make the UI really, and the UX really smooth and clear. So we've just been hammering away at that, like, you know, arguing about, you know, the copywriting and then the placement and, you know, all of that, you know, what the, you know, what the different components and stuff in the app should be and where they should be. And that's kind of yeah. the stuff that we've been like, just working through over the last like, you know, six months or so. You know, there's another interesting facet to this. And that is, is that, you know, DeFi is a very content heavy space. There are a lot of people creating a lot of brilliant content. 
right? Analysis of a protocol, yep. whatever. Sometimes they do it because they hold a bag in yep. the protocol. Sometimes yep. they do it just because they find it interesting. They're trying to build an audience. Maybe they want to be yep. a consultant, whatever yep. it might be, right? But here's the interesting thing. And people like me that are creating podcasts, I I do it to learn and build the network. But right. and I don't have advertisers on my podcast. But there's also a problem in our space of people not being transparent necessarily right. about, yep. hey, I just got paid, you know, 50 grand to yeah, show yeah, the yeah, project. Why this coin, you know, this coin's going to the moon and they're dumping uh, exactly. it. Exactly. Right? And then they, they dump they, on they you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But yeah. this is a much better incentive profile, right? This incentive profile is something where you can be very upfront about it. You can say, look, I'm doing yeah. this interview and I've also signed up for the referral program. So if you think the interview is interesting and you want to take part in this protocol, please use this link because I'll get paid, right? Well, and that gets me yeah. to be able to continue to produce content. To me, that's a... The Amplify has the potential to help solve this problem for a lot of people that are creating content without earning, as well as for users and listeners and watchers to be able to feel safer about what they're hearing, right? I think a lot about authenticity in marketing because I just hate a lot of the shit that I see in marketing. Sure. Right? Sure. I just, I just don't like it. I like yeah. things to be authentic, right? You know, I, I'm pretty down to earth person and I just, you know, that's like what I like about content marketing. I, I also like, that's what I liked about the whole authorship thing that we were talking about with Google, right? You're a business owner, tell people, go like, go and tell people what you think about, about things. So you, what, you know, like actually share authentically with, with people, what your ideas are about the business and what the space that you're working in and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's just, I like authentic, I like authentic marketing. like. Well, and that's why I like content marketing when it is authentic, right? I mean, that's the beauty of it is the more authentic it is, the more likely people are to trust. And so, and you know, there's another factor too here is that another step is that because it's on the blockchain, you know, there's an opportunity to actually prove that you like something. So that's interesting right, too. Right, right, right. And there's some very interesting, you know, there's a whole sort of year of crypto, which is around identity. Right, which is interesting because I mean, crypto is a very interesting space, right? Like, yeah, there's a lot of, I guess, I guess if you really look at something enough, you can sort of see everything in it, right? So, right, I mean, you know, people like reading tea leaves or whatever, maybe they've got like a, you know, like you can, if you look closely enough at the tea leaves, you can kind of know whatever you want to know somehow. I don't know if that's real or not, but <laughs> yeah, but I think with crypto, you have like, a, you know, anonymity. And then you have these open systems, but then there's no identity associated with them. But then people are trying to build identity into them. Right. And then, you know, obviously, you know, we're talking about influences here, right? Like this is what makes it really interesting to me as well. It's super challenging. Like, like, like you said, you know, there is an ethical component to this, of course. Right. Like there's an ethical component, you know, like there's a legal component and it's super challenge. It's that, you know, there's challenges in all those areas. And there's a lot of different ways that you can configure these programs to take into account both the ethical and the legal uh, aspects and stuff like that as well. You know, like, sure. you know, there's nothing wrong with being anonymous and sharing stuff, you know, and uh, you can go the route of being like a public, like a public figure that's known by your real sure. name and stuff like that. And there's definitely ethical considerations like around like how you share, you know, like you are, you know, uh, we all know that, you know, everyone in crypto, we don't really need to like kind of 
everyone knows the situation, right? Like it's fine. It's money. And the money means like comes back to family and stuff like that as well. You know, if you lose all your money, it's not going to, you're not going to have a good time. Like you're not going to be able to look after your kids properly. You know, like the people have lost hundreds of millions of dollars and things like, you know, you know, all kinds of DeFi protocols, good ones, bad ones as well. You know, like sure, it's serious shit. Like, you know, And, but at the same time, we have a lot of fun with it as well. Right. Like, you know, you got to have fun in life, right? Like you got to, you know, like, and there's nothing wrong with like, you know, yep. like being a DJ and gambling a little bit, like, you know, <laughs> that's right. It's a new project. You're getting off the ground. What I know you're actively talking to protocols and you want to get more of those on board for this. What else can people do to get engaged with you guys? Is there things you need help with? Is there a community you're trying to build? Whatever. Yep. So we bring the whole KPI piece right down into our, the way our team works and the way our contributors work and the nice. way our community works. Right. So like essentially if you kind of model it off a of pattern, something like what the yearn strategists would, the way that the yearn system works, where you have like a strategist will come up with like a, an amplify strategy. It's probably more likely to be a small team, two or three people who actually like zero in on how to create a program for a particular protocol. And ideally there'll be at least one to two people from the protocol side also working on it. So we've worked out a way that we can, we can essentially fund that work Mm. by creating a token that represents the affiliate earnings. Oh, nice. So you can actually have tradable affiliate earnings so you can, and you can mint and burn tokens, right? So I can mint some tokens that represent the future affiliate earnings, right? And we can give them to the strategist who create every aspect of this. So to create a proper affiliate marketing or affiliate or, you know, viral mechanism with a front end that's facing the public and with a technical like with a technical back end that goes all the way to the chain, right? That's a lot of work. Sure. So what we've done is we've created a kind of an end-to-end system where we can have editors who we've got a whole back end where we can edit all of that, all of the KPI, all of the KPI information, plug all of that in, that plugs into our back end, which then gets data fed from the chain. Right. Right. So designing that system and then actually presenting that system on the Amplify interface and outside of the Amplify interface, how, like, how does that, you know, so we're an affiliate, right? You create a package for the affiliate, right? Script. Here's the script. Here's the ads. Here's the ad content. Here's the copywriting. Here's the piece that, yeah, here's the swipe yeah. files that you can like. The meme. You, yeah, this is the, yeah, these are the, you know, these are, so in our case, like it can, often it's content, right? Like, it, right. but it can be like, it can be memes. We can have packages of memes or we can have tools associated with the campaign and different little apps that kind of do little different pieces. It's like a circuit. I think of it as a circuit, right? So you have these, this core group of strategists who we can, we, our treasury will also be able to fund them, but we can also fund them with these tokens, which represent a share of revenue, right? Right. And then they work closely with the protocol and can be also on the protocol side, right? Right. To actually get the fundamental structure of the incentives designed, approved, tested, modeled, 
right? Like you've got to model these things to know that they're actually going to work. Like, is this really generating revenue for us? Are we actually benefiting? So like we've been working with the guys from Machinations who model gaming ecosystems. We've right. actually got a package for Web3 GameFi products to model the tokenomics in the system. They will monitor, they, they will, they have an offering where they will, mo they will model your, your right. token ecosystem in machinations. And then you can run, you can run, like you scenario. can run scenarios, modeling and stuff like that. Right. Like, but what we like, we, we will probably work with those guys to like in, in, initially to model our own tokenomics, but we'll right. also, we'll have a bunch of people that this is my son built this. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So you can actually run it. And so these can be anything. So you sort of, you can label them. Let's call this staking contract. So like, boom, staking contract. Here's a little, here's a little bit more of a complex one. That's idea, right? Of, of modeling out your rewards probe is really important. Not every case needs like a complex model. In some cases it can make sense, right? Well, you've still got to think through it. Yeah, you've definitely got to think through it, right? But you can also think very simply about it. The most simple way is like, you know, what is, how do we define revenue in our system? And like, often that will literally be like, you can measure revenue by looking at, you know, this contract sends, sends a certain percentage of, of whatever transactions happen to this like multi-sig, for example. And then that's what revenue is in our system. That's right. the money that's left over after everything. And then a percentage comes out and that's it. Right. That's it. And so then just a percentage of that, it doesn't, but, but when you're starting to get into adopt, like the adoption side of it and you're using your governance tokens, and that's a little bit more complex. Sure. Makes sense. Yeah. But the yeah. idea being that Amplify, you're going to have members of your community that'll work with the projects and be teams with those projects to help them set up, manage, get the content together, everything else. Because it's not just a matter of saying, hey, here's a referral, you know, join our referral program boom, let's go, and then go share this however you want. You've got to take people and say, here's content, here's ideas, here's ways to promote it, here's graphics, here's ads, whatever it is. Yep. For an affiliate or referral program to be successful, it has to have that kind of stuff in place and it has to have someone pushing it and managing it and communicating with the partners and getting yep. it all out. And so, so you at Amplify, members of the Amplify community will be able to take on those roles with projects is what you were saying, right? Absolutely. There's a lot of skill sets that are required to, to bring a program into firstly, just even to bring it into existence, but definitely to actually scale it and make it successful that you are going to require just about any kind of skill that you can, you can think of, right? Art, right? Maths, programming, design, right. copywriting, editing, administration, and the beauty of it is that you can be directly rewarded based on the success of that work. Right. So we've sort of, we've, you know, we've got a, we've got a basic, we've got a basic system in place and some options of how that can work. We've done a fair bit of thinking about how that can work. And like the minting and burning system for the token is actually ready to go. Nice. So like you, we can have tradable affiliate revenue and we can define a share of that revenue based on, based on essentially the spec of, okay, how hard is it going to be to implement this program? It, it will represent a significant share of, of that affiliate revenue. And that gives their contributors a, an actual stake in the success of the program. We're talking about programs that can generate millions and hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue over time. Like we're not talking, sure. you know, we're not even just a simple NFT mint. 
can actually generate, you know, multiple millions of dollars of, of revenue, especially when you factor in that, you know, the trading fees and things like that continue, you know, like we've seen in crypto, multiple NFT projects, like generating, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. And so the NFT space is actually one of the first that we're tackling. Got a whole bunch of things related, like we talked before about the contributor side, there's the collaboration side which is really interesting and how the collaborations actually function in the NFT space. There's like almost like a formula at this point for how to do that. It doesn't necessarily, the formula doesn't guarantee success. Right. But if there's an element of video or whatever, you know, the art, will the art connect with people? Will the memes connect with people? You can't, there's no formula for that really. Sure. But there is a predefined formula for how the collab but there's actually collab managers who do this work, right? Like, right. And so, and there's a tool called Premint, which a lot of people are using that essentially has a collab feature where you can take a, you can create a, a landing page where only the only holders of a particular NFT, or it could be a token as well, can go and add themselves to an allow list for minting, or they can, only those people can mint. And so what that does is that it produces a certain effect where, you know, like we've got this collaboration with this community. So then the community, and that's usually quite a reasonably sized community because it's like a 10,000 NFT collection, for example, sure. can go and they can, and they can, because they hold that NFT, you got to get the special benefit, right. Of being able to join in this new project. And obviously the new project gets like a, a community. Sure. So we've been studying how that actually works. And then we've built some functionality into Amplify that, that we think is going to be able to blow up an NFT project pretty soon. And nice. And we think that, we think that the NFT space is really the growth, the space of, for growth, for growing the affiliates in the short term, just because getting the programs up, like I said, like getting the programs up can be time consuming and it can, it takes a lot of work. The NFT sure. side is a lot easier because just like it's a, an NFT is usually just a JPEG <laughs> that's attached to a contract that people can go and mint. It's a single, sure. like a single function on that contract where people can mint, mint the NFT. It's not hard to set up the tracking and stuff like that to handle that. And it's not too hard to handle the payment like structure for that compared to like yeah, a multi-chain DEX with staking and liquidity and multiple different kinds of functions. Like it's actually right. a lot more complex to do a DeFi, to do a full, you know, to really cover all of the different incentives in a DeFi system, you know, and to be able to track them and monitor them and handle payouts. And that's quite a lot more work. So we are working with DeFi protocols, but we think that we're going to have our first like successes in the NFT space. And also DeFi and NFT space is basically merging together in a lot of ways. Anyway, most protocols have NFT collections. Now they have an NFT component to their community because it just makes sense. Like, of course. And then there's a whole uh, NFTs are not just JPEGs. Actually, they have a whole, you know, I've seen a recent podcast, you, you know, there's a lot of functionality and a lot of crossover between NFT and DeFi, right? Like, absolutely. but I am sort of talking about like, a, you know, like it's very easy to integrate a mint, an NFT mint. Also fundraisers is another area that are very easy to plug in, amplify to. And nice and simple and like clean. Simple, clim- simple. You just, 
Yeah. Easy, right? Like, you you know, money comes into the contract. This is what happens. You know, we just, as long as we do the tracking, then we, and we plug in all of the rest of the marketing piece to it, then we can kind of get that up and running really quickly. So we've got a couple of fundraising where we're using Amplify to launch our own fundraiser. And we've got another couple coming and we we have our own NFT, um, which actually users need to hold our NFT to be able to access our fundraise. Oh, good. Yeah. So we have this, we've created this landing page. It's on that. We've created this NFT platform, which is in super early stages. We're the first, we're the first project that's actually on the platform. Users have to join our discord to be able to mint this NFT. You can't mint it unless you're in our discord, basically. And then once they're holding the NFT, they're added to an allow list for this token sale that we're running on X token terminal. So it's just a sort of halfway through October. So, you know, seven days or something from now. Oh, cool. And yeah, so the allow list sale will run for two weeks. Only people who hold the NFT will be able to get 30% discount on our token. Nice. Right. And so we actually use the NFT and the landing page to handle the attribution for giving 5% of our token sale back to the affiliates. So we actually have our own Amplify program. Love it. 5% of what we raise. 5% of what we raise, plus they get a percent on the NFT. Plus they get a bunch of our, of, of our token on top just for sharing our token sale with their, with their community. Right. So that, that's brilliant. Right. Love that. Yeah. And we kind of, we don't even have to, we did, we don't even have to install even a, a single line of code on the X token terminal platform. We handle the whole, we handle the whole funnel or circuit. I like to call it a circuit. There's the viral mechanism built in there. There's a, the, the discord checking is built in. we got. Signature minting on the NFT. So we will, we actually sign that the mint. We'll only sign it if that, if the user's in and out Discord. And so that, that, nice. that signing is sitting like on a server on essentially it's in a next app. So it's on the kind of a back end like side of the next app. We've got that been, it's, we've tested it out like quite, quite a fair bit. And we come up with a pretty interesting mechanism. Actually, the price of the NFT is like slowly increasing as well. And that NFT will be part of our ecosystem for forever, essentially. It's, that's our NFT. Right. So it's not just a discount to the sale. It's like a piece in the ecosystem that'll be there forever, right? Like, you know, it's like Beanstalk has the bean NFT, you know, the, the GMX guys have got the blueberry, right? Like we've- Right. No, we've that's cool. NFT, I love that. We've got the Amplify Instigators NFT and that's our, that's our thing. So people can get that, get on the allow list. Then we'll go to public sale after that on next token terminal and it's tough times, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and they'll get a feel for the system at that point too. Right. So that's cool. And and I want to really quickly touch on what you were talking about earlier. I think it's really important for people to understand that the opportunities with this project are significant, not only the opportunity to come in on the fundraise and have upside value on it, but the opportunities to participate and be a member of the community and a member of these teams that are helping onboard can bring in a whole new type of people, right? Strategists, marketers, yep. developers, et cetera, yep. that can help them get these things up and running and help them succeed. And the potential revenue for the project, but also potential revenue for these strategists is significant. And I think that's really important for people to understand. I need to wrap it up, but I have one question I ask everybody that comes on the show. Yep. And that question is name a project or a person in DeFi and crypto and the NFT space that has been a a real inspiration to you or that you think is really critical to the path we've already been down and helping us get here or to the future of DeFi 
NFTs, crypto, whatever that you have a lot of respect for that that inspires you in this space? I'll probably go with Sam from Frax. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's I hard not he's to. Got, he's... I think he's a really nice guy that is open to chatting with anyone. I yep. don't personally know him. He's not my friend or anything like that. But every time I've ever shot him a message, I've always got a reply. Yeah. Uh, and he's, I just see him like with a small team, just building really interesting stuff. I think he, I think that they've like, that he's got the right idea about innovation and collaboration, yeah. um, which I think is like the spirit of DeFi is like, you know, it's for me, the spirit of DeFi is about you know, collaboration, innovation, open source. So yeah, Sam from Frax. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, you know, Vitalik, big That's base, awesome. pretty cool too. <laughs> Vitalik's just like a different level of person, right? Like he's like a, yeah, like a genius, but yeah, from a more down to earth person that was crushing it in the space, I would say Sam. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Sam is a, a just unbelievable dude. Brilliant. And never stops. They just never stop cranking and everything they're building right now in that ecosystem is I mean, you know, I talk about this all the time. I talk about the fact that the projects that will, it's just like .com. The projects that come out of this shit time bear market that we're having right now, the ones who keep building, the ones who keep driving, the ones who like you are building and growing and launching, and like Sam who are aggressively building and growing and launching, they're the ones that become the Amazons of DeFi. They're the ones that out of all the trash that's happening now will dominate. And I definitely think he's, I think people are going to turn around and realize, holy crap, look what they did. Other protocols and wish that they had not pulled back uh, when things got tough. And oh, man. he's an example of how you win. It's just, the space is just amazing, man. Like even right from back in the day, like look, look, on those Bitcoin forums and all that back in the day, just like the, you know, just the people in it, just like geeking out, just massively geeking out on, on tech this new tech like it's just the best man to see it grow it's so like, much fun to yeah. see it grow from where it's come from to where it is now like and just like the, i don't know where it's going to go but it's i just i'm so happy to be in the space like that's awesome it's just exciting. that's awesome well listen man i'll put links to the website and to the discord in the show notes but i really appreciate you coming to share this with us i think that your timing couldn't be better and i think what you're building is definitely needed in the space and mm -hmm. i you know i look forward to seeing how i can help out but i really appreciate you coming on this guy sir thanks, thanks so much for having me thank you thanks thanks